podcast episode in a long time, just in a long squeezing time. one in before Christmas. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Well, you know, we've just been so busy with other projects, other hustles. You know, the main, the main, our main bread and butter has been sidelined. Somewhat. Our main bread and butter. We need to be humbled. Our poor podcast has been neglected. Yeah. Um, we've just forgotten about it and on to bigger and better things. AKA our recent night with daytimers. Woo! So fun. Ooh, yeah, it was a great time. Shout outs to the boys, the lovely lads, and obviously everyone that DJ'd from Bristol as well. Everyone smacked it. It was great from start to finish, wasn't it? Yeah, despite I mean, we're gonna go into this because we've got our lovely guests coming on later, but um it was touch and go but we had the best ever night Thank we you, pulled Horizons it off for hosting us yeah we pulled it off in the end and yeah of course i know you're all clamoring to hear about when the next event will be and we've got a couple of bits in the pipeline across various uh, across various venues in bristol so keep an eye keep an ear to our instagram what is it at representation underscore podcast, which leads me on to say welcome to representation. You're listening to the podcast that explores South Asian representation in the UK music industry with me, Sophia. And me, Yusuf. Um, so uh, it is Monday. England have just been knocked out of the World Cup. That's a real shame. But I think I say this with quite a lot of certainty. We're all Moroccan now, which I love. I feel such an affinity with Morocco (laughs) I it's it's gonna be my gateway drug I have not what I in the first match I watched this world cup was the England one I sat in a bar in in England sat in a bar surrounded by Brits everyone was going absolutely mad and I really tried I tried my hardest to get into it but honestly every time there's a penalty anytime anything was happening I was dead inside actual robot didn't care and I think the lesson for me was I don't care about football I don't care about England, but Morocco. Yeah, I'm going to be fully present for my Muslim brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forward, the, forward, forward them, Umar. And also, they're taking out the colonizers one at a time. They took out Spain. They took out Portugal. And next up, the big one, Le Grande Match against France. So, <gasps> yeah, I'm so excited and extra exciting because. The vibes in Amsterdam, lots of Moroccan people here, big Moroccan community, vibes here, next level. I cannot wait for the first time to be invested in a football match. I really, really want Morocco to win. So, yeah, and I'm sure all the South Asian heads listen to this podcast too as well. Um, So, yeah, apart from that... We just don't kill it in football, do we? A South Asian is just bad at football. They're not in any of the... They're not in... I'm acting like I know this. Do I? No. But I don't really see many brown faces on a football match. Uh, well, we see a lot of brown faces, just not South Asian not brown faces. South, from the South Asian subcontinent, sorry. No. No, I mean, are we like that good at sport, bar, bar cricket? Cricket. And actually, we just got smashed, apparently. So I've been told by England in the in the test. Yeah, I heard that. We're also good at... Badminton. Um, so are told. we? And hockey, I think. Hockey. Interesting. Maybe I was going to say yeah. polo. Pakistanis yeah. are good at polo. I'm not sure about other countries but we love it yeah we're just not a very sporty nation and that's you know that's fine you know we excel in um computer uh, science medicine medicine stereotypical joke yeah number crunches oh my maths i'm terrible at maths i'm bad at maths so bad at maths it's like when someone explains a board game to me it's just like whoop straight over the head not interested not listening 
Don't oh, literally do not try the Bashirs. I had to Google the other day, like, is there a condition, one, where you don't have, you don't pay attention to detail because I do not. And two, is there a condition that is named and I can be diagnosed where I can't listen? I'm going to say this now. You don't have ADHD because everyone seems to think they have ADHD now. And it's a real thing on Twitter. And it's like, you, you Sophia, do not have ADHD. So I don't try I and claim ADHD. it. <laughs> I think I have ADHD. I think I have I think I, guys. Interesting thought. I think I have ADHD. Uh, um, yeah, so we have coming up a very fun chat with uh, your boy Kieran and Neil Ravchande, two very, very capable, able um, DJs, producers, fun, fun just great, great to have on the podcast. And yeah, it was really good to connect with them, link up with them at a night in, in Bristol the other day. And yeah, we just, what did we talk about? all sorts you're just gonna have to keep listening to find out but yeah, um stay tuned stay tuned very exciting and i'm excited to catch up with them again on saturday for oh, yeah. the why is that, that what's that for um pan shop edits everyone we're going to be chatting about that but if you're listening to this and you haven't got a ticket this saturday come join at bar bar in dalston because i will be there with our two guests yeah so you got that to look forward to this Saturday. So we got into that. We got into loads of other stuff. So yeah, stay tuned. Um, and before we go any further, we just need to shout out our sponsors. Oh, I almost forgot. Hi, Allah. Yeah. Shout out our sponsors, Greenleaf Catering. Thank you so much for keeping us afloat, putting fat stacks in our pockets. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you so much for funding my lavish lifestyle. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've actually just booked a ticket to Dubai with all the money you've given us. I am going to the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah. Last minute tickets to Qatar. All thank you to Greenleaf. Yeah, they cost thirty grand each, but you know we're good. <laughs> um, so money, yeah, baby. Thank you very much to Greenleaf for, for, for humbly sponsoring the pod. Uh, we really do appreciate it. So go check them out. Um, and yeah, I think we sh- we should just dive straight into the interview that we had with your boy Kieran and Chande. Right here we go. L I V E lively. Check one mic, mic two, one mic. Check, check, check. Two points, one point. Okay, right. I'm going to intro you. Are you ready? Yep. Famous for them. Okay. Without a doubt, if you are listening to this, you 100% know who the daytimers are and what the daytimers do. So since launching in August 2020, yep, they created a collective and a movement in the UK music industry, putting South Asian faces front and centre on the map. This has been through events. It's been through fundraisers. They've raised a lot of money. This has been through festivals, radio shows, new music, way, way, way more. So we've worked with them in the past. We are really lucky that we had Ahmad and Rohan on our 1020 radio show way back when. And more recently, we were so hyped to host a night with them in Bristol. So can you please welcome Daytimers fam, Nirav and Kieran, aka Chande, and your boy, Kieran. I am bloody. Where did you bloody? <laughs> oh, they've gone all shy on us. <laughs> yeah. Off, 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 Mike. We were just gassing it up. Now they've got nothing to say. Interesting. Humble. Just too humble. Because you, you were that was so lovely. Professionals. That's nice. I I was like, oh, maybe I got something really wrong. <laughs> yeah, just maybe they're not actually from the daytimers. Yeah. Well, actually, when you said um, you know what they do, to be honest, I still don't really know what daytimers do because it seems like they just have their 
fingers in all the pies. Yeah, all the pies. And there's about 500 of them. You're just like, what? what's going on? So actually, maybe we can boil down to it this episode. Mm. They don't know what they do. I don't know what you do. I've been kind of conceptualizing it recently. Obviously, I need to you know run it by the crew i guess but it seems like we start obviously started from music and 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 the dance floor but it has been a a useful way to organize and really the dance floor has the space where like everyone that we want to kind of interact and you know help create more space for as south asians you know whether they're creatives and people doing all sorts of stuff radio art you know art culture journalism whatever that has been helpfully the place that exists and we've managed to connect all these dots and all that kind of thing i mean like it's just the case of just everyone being down to do that as well but i'd say like what the what it is um is pretty much all those things that you've said um i actually really liked what rosh wrote about it in the um piece about one house was just kind of like that one paragraph saying what it what daytime has existed as i think that was probably one of the most accurate ones i've seen um but kieran I'm f- feel free to give your your notion of it i mean i was just gonna i was just gonna say like the way i see daytime is even though we exist as a collective ultimately i always view what daytimers do and try to do as more of a movement really and that's because you know even though we're a collective of individuals we're trying to push this thing which is supporting south asian artistry you know trying to like push ourselves and create space in places that we potentially haven't been given it before and you know you may end up going five years time down the road and people in daytimers may not be the same people in daytimers that they are now but ultimately the like aim and mission and stuff is you know hopefully the hopefully the same it's not like anyone really owns daytimers like no one has exclusivity to it we're very much like a community born and community led i guess yeah movement as as, as i say and again it's not music specific we started that way because i think that's just like a lot of us at the start we're like djs and producers but yeah very much looking to expand further and further into all different forms of artistry and yeah just try to be there to support and shine a spotlight on some incredibly talented people incredibly talented also what you're saying about it being a movement it being a collective it's so clear that the focus is very much a collective a group of people who you know if you look down through all the lineups and all the projects you've been working on it's always changing like you're always getting new people on the lineup's Mm -hmm. never going to be the same and it's much less about the individuals it's not like oh daytime is that's made up of these five six guys who are all djs doing this like we're seeing the same faces all over again i guess i wanted to talk about the importance i guess when you first joined and you became part of daytime it's like what was that conversation about the power of coming together and making that the focal point of it i think it was interesting because i remember i remember having these thoughts around like 20 like you know leading leading up to the pandemic and and like a year before that it was something around the time of like, I want to, I want to, you know, discovering all this stuff and like discovering this history of like all this music, Manara, Kash Salil and like everything that kind of spans back from that in the UK, Asian underground and just us in that whole sphere and being like, oh, that's what I do. I can be creative. And, you know, there's like a, uh, there's like a 
almost like a counterculture vibe to this, but it's still South Asian. I want to figure out what this history is. And we're starting to do that. And then that's about the time when Provat had set up daytimers as an Instagram and and he'd reached out and we'd started having early calls and 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 talking about it. And I was like, well, they've got the branding and they've got the thing, whatever, whatever you might call this thing, like let's let like like screw it, let's let's let me join with with whatever this is. I I was very much like in the in the motive of like looking at the dance music, see it, uh, like well looking looking at the industry as a whole and being like going at going at this stuff for me doesn't feel very like it, moving as an individual and all that kind of stuff is all well and good, but like all the things we talk about of like wanting to see change and all that stuff, that's not going to just happen in that way. I mean, it was it was like it was like. It, it suddenly then just exploded of like oh here's all these people who are in a room it kind of felt like oh we're all these creative south asian creatives and people who are like maybe that one person in our group that was in like you know that creative in that way but now we're all on a call together and it started becoming very powerful very quick just by being able to connect with each other kieran turns up and projects start happening and dt001 happens and this thing of like oh no this isn't okay here's all these people and then now you know we've raised how much there's 30 you know tracky really release and you know and and all these things have started just materializing and it was very much i remember we were, we we talked a lot about like oh you know like pipe dream like oh it'd be cool to get on, linked up with manara like that was that would there was a time where that was like a huge pipe dream but then all these things started coming together because it was this kind of collective power yeah so my Again, like going back before Daytimers, I um, so I grew up in Northwest London, fairly like multicultural school, all that kind of stuff. So I never really found found like felt my brownness or Asianness in a way because I was like surrounded by it, by it. So it was kind of just like very natural to me. Then I went to Bristol Uni. Oh, it all changed. And it all changed. I looked around and I was like, where the fuck? Where are all the brown people? Kieran, welcome to our lives. Yeah, it was, uh, I would describe it as shockingly white. Mm. Uh, mostly because I'd never, I'd been to places and stuff like that where way more white people than there were South Asian, for example. But living in Bristol and looking around and being like, oh, this is really different to what I had before. It was the first time I really felt, I actually felt my South Asianness in a way. Because it was never something I had to really think about. But then I was existing in spaces that no longer looked like they did at home. Yeah, no, so actually, yeah, so how I came across daytime was actually, so there was a point during lockdown where I, weirdly enough, wanted to create a South Asian collective, but my idea was very much skewed towards, the way I always framed it to myself was trying to create the South Asian Brockhampton. And so I had that in the back of my mind and then came across daytime as very early on through like one of the tracks that ended up getting played on Minara's show. And then I think... That was that was a surge from Madame. Yeah, anti chill pill. That was it. Yeah, that was it. That, that, that was that was that was like that was like that, that was like the crystallizing like rallying call for me at least. I was like, oh shit, mm. we're doing this. Like this is major. And then yeah, hit up hit up Prov, and then end up yeah, it was in these like early calls kind of. Where I think we, honestly we were just excited to be there. We didn't really know what, like you know if you got if you fast forward two years, there's no way we would have planned any of this, but we were kind of just excited to see other South Asian DJs and producers and creative people. And it was very exciting. Was was it as watershed as for you as it was for me? Because I was like, this is crazy. Like, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just like, what? 
Like I knew, and like I knew the big ones, but I was like, oh, there's so many of us. We're so there's so many of us, and like this was back then, and it was like you know leading up to the end of, of 2020, and we and we felt like we were all on the same page, and there was loads of nice moments of like just us just chatting about like just having a shorthand and like just you know even just culturally. If you were to rewind back to those early calls that you mentioned, where it's just you just sitting around your Zoom tables, very excited to be there. What was then for you? It was just a group of people getting to know each other, learning that there's loads of other similar people doing similar things. And then it just like builds and builds and builds and builds. What was the tipping point for you both when you were like, oh, wait, we're actually doing something kind of amazing here and people know about it? I mean, for me, it was... DT001, so the first compilation, because I remember when when we, we were sort of working on it and like because I had I'd kind of done label stuff before uh with Foreign Currency, which is a label run by Pavan, uh, who is part of Foreign Beggars. And so I was helping out on that initial compilation and like reaching out to people and putting it all together and all that kind of stuff alongside Prov and a bunch of others. And I remember we were talking about doing a compilation and we were worried that we weren't gonna get enough tracks on it. In reality, we were like, is is this going to be like a big enough compilation? You know, you know, if we reach out, like en- enough people going to come back to fill it? Like, are there, are, there, are there enough South Asian producers to kind of like do this? And then getting to a point where we were like, oh, we actually have 29 tracks and I don't think we can take on any more. Otherwise, it's just going to become this like beast of a thing. And I think when we started getting back loads and loads of these incredible tracks from a whole range of people and having people come to us being like, it's so exciting to be on this EP and getting a lot of, a lot of like traction and stuff off of it. That's probably when I was like, oh, this is something that has the potential to have real traction and real longevity as long as it's kind of like done right and in the right way with the right people, which I think we've done so far. We have a, a really nice group of people around in the collective. One big happy family. Yeah, you know, as a family, naturally there are going to be like your ups and downs and stresses. And like, I can't lie, there was there was a point where daytime is for a lot of us basically just became our lives for a good period where <laughs> it was just like constant daytime and stuff, but kind of managing and navigating. And I mean, basically also bear in mind that a lot of us were kind of like mid-ish 20s, having no idea what the fuck we were doing, uh, having to like figure out a lot of stuff by ourselves. Uh, it was very stressful at times, but yeah, everyone's always very supportive and there for each other. And there's there's a good amount of like knowledge transference as well. So someone something will know someone will know something and share it with someone else. Others people will know something else. People have contacts, they share them, all that kind of stuff. So it's a very yeah, a, a very supportive group. Having having like DT series with ones organized around, having it be a charity compilation, uh, that felt like you could see the collective like the movement like collectively. And then that just getting like becoming more and more these like these projects that we we're able to do. And like obviously the farmers protest, DC002 as well, all of those periods. And like it, we hadn't even all met up IRL until I think I met a bunch of people at Anu's. Like we had an NTS show right before. I think we met a bunch of people there. For me, I remember that uh, that was that was my first meeting of, of most of the people was was the sh- show we did with Anu. And like, yeah, it, it that was it was it was all these moments and like seeing then respond to this and be down for this and be excited and want to and want to join in and i think it i mean it's clearly what it is like a lot of people were feeling and thinking this way and i know like the original kind of people who came on i think everyone probably had an idea of like wanting to do something like it at the time and it's obviously you know like you know when did when did you lot start 
March was it? March 2020? No, 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 no. 2021. 2021. We're a year late on the bandwagon. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> No, no, no. But I'm not saying a bandwagon, but I mean, like, it's like, you know, the thought to, like, have a, something like this is, like, obviously there's the history of, like, all this art and stuff that has been around for ages in a new media landscape, in a new landscape of, like, how any of the creative industries work. And so it felt like, oh, actually, no, this needs, like, a new reframing, a new, like, kind of spark. You had the you had the boiler room, you had compilations, you've had done events, you've done radio. How or what were the reasons for wanting to expand into areas which had nothing, well, arguably nothing to do with the music? Firstly, i.e. the running club and then the spoken word event, which I think you've just had your second event. Uh, yeah, it'd be the third big one. And then they've been doing all these like meetups in between. The only thing you would have saw initially as well was like, was like graphics, photography, you know write-ups and 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 you know put a couple of podcasts as well and like so that that had always been a thing and I think it's like I think all of everyone there's always been that mind obviously we have an incredible creative director Ahmad who kind of came on brought that vision and it was something that I remember like telling I've been saying it when I, that was another thing when Ahmad was on board I was like oh I've looked at these artworks that Ahmad has done and it's created whatever the sound of whatever we're trying to capture or whatever the spirit is we're trying to capture of like this type of Asianness, seeing it in sound but then on the artworks of like you know the eight like the ag kehena yukahe um cover and that being like oh this is like you know this thing that we're trying to reach this like other kind of future thing though those moments were really big and then i mean th there were moments as well like in in the fundraisers there was yeah there was like different pieces of artwork but definitely i know Ahmad, Rohan, and just the whole Methyl crew, there was that point at some point they were like, let's try and do something like Methyl. And there's all these spoken word artists. And we and I think there was also like a radio takeover, 1020 radio takeover that had a lot of spoken word artists and a whole thing. I think that was definitely a big spark for that stuff. But from the start, I think we're definitely trying to be like, okay, you know, we're doing this music stuff, but there's creatives around all of this stuff. And half the people involved do all this other stuff you know like everyone probably on the team but also all the people we're interacting with you know whether they're like writers or or artists and stuff but um and i guess you, you do the stuff that you'd been around kieran before as well with, with with some of the juice stuff you know there was some cataloging of like different types of artistry as well so yeah so juice juice was a magazine that again like wanted to highlight well magazine and instagram and a website that essentially wanted to highlight south asian artistry and south asian creatives and in that we you know i i interviewed people like ocean tides uh, and i remember like discovering him way back and being like oh my god this is sick we kind of put spotlights onto people who were florists and people who did a lot of like ceramic art who were all south asian henna artists people who wrote poetry from that perspective it was very much like there is a whole wide range of south asian creativity out there in different that manifest in different ways i think with daytime is the reason why it was it was music first at the start was more just because like that's what we knew and you know we were just a bunch of like again DJs producers kind of like came together and we were very much doing what we what we what we knew but again as Nirav was saying people also had interests outside of that so people were poets or actors or again like to write and, and all that kind of stuff and if we're saying we're pushing and wanting to celebrate South Asian artistry and creativity as daytimers we can't just do that if we're only doing the sickest nights or producing the sickest nights plus the sickest poetry nights plus artwork a good point that Nira I've made was around the 
the the imagery and dt zero one like okay you think of like the songs and stuff but then also like you know sunny's golden golden 3d hand sunny's hand yeah you know? and then i know the interpretation of that and i think i think at some point we held honed down as like no we're talking about like we want to do artistry that has just fully just steamrolled into this whole amazing thing that we're seeing right now with Mephil and stuff like that and i can mm. like toot the horns as, as much as possible because i haven't had haven't had loads of involvement on that side of thing they have been doing some really beautiful you know connecting and they've done the zine that they have built together and having these resonates having these like talks and link ups and yeah i think there's like a whole new thing bubbling off there and and i think it's just it's really great but as well like with radio as well like we were really trying to like push that with our represent and try and like build people into the team who are like okay have you hosted before no great let's get you on the mic you know here's how we produce a show and all that kind of stuff and seeing where we can build that into the rest of different types of artistry is just i think going to be the what we what we do you know continue to do hopefully honestly where are you going to go next like daytimers live drawing class daytimers <laughs> skateboarding club oh that's skateboarding skateboarding club it's, it's me Maribai. hey i'll occasionally join we'll lead we'll lead like we'll lead it for you lot and and we i want i want everyone skateboarding yeah but i mean the running club the running club was also some yeah so you mentioned the running club that was samir samir had been doing the running club uh called tempo which and it was when we started the discord as well and started really building that and bringing people in it was like the way i see it is you know when a child is growing up and they they're just doing dumb shit constantly and they're just like, what? They're, they're, you know, they just, just try things, fail it, trial things, whatever it is. Da, 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 da. I feel like daytime is similar in the sense of if something comes up like, oh, we want to do a poetry night. Our response isn't, yeah, it isn't It isn't fear or it isn't, oh, you know, that's not what we want to do or whatever. It's, it's just like, okay, why not? Like, why can't we do that? Or if it's a run club, why can't we do that? Or if it's a live night, why can't we do that? Or it, literally, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is very much that, as long as long as it fits kind of our values and what we're trying to achieve and it's done in the right way why not because ultimately we can't rely on other people to do it for us with daytime the other key thing that i want to say is is that we don't want to be the face of south asian djs or any of that kind of stuff you know even if people don't want to do stuff with daytime a good example is um in australia you have curfew there are some really really cool people in curfew based out in australia and it, it's amazing to see like you know cause th- that we've been chatting with them for a while and it's amazing to see that now they've started their own collective down there and they're doing radio shows and doing nights and all that kind of stuff yeah we don't we don't want to be you know we want to see other people doing other bits and doing their own nights and all that kind of stuff because again yeah we don't want a monopoly over <laughs> over salvation artistry it's not what we're about no, I mean, yeah, that, that's it. Like, it's not like, like we're trying to own anything. And, and it's like the fact that, you know, you lot have been doing stuff in Bristol. And it was go- amazing going over there to recognize that this stuff is good. Like, that's the sh- that's what really excites me. It's not like, oh, we want to do this. It's like, they're doing it as well. And they're like, you know, they're oh, doing finally, it. Finally, let's talk about Bristol. Guys, did we all have the best time? Oh, uh, it was so good. You, you said, I can't, I can't, I, Yusuf was so stressed leading up to it, but I'm glad. I, I was glad to see a smile on his face when we were there. 
Oh my god. <laughs> the, the, just 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 to describe to the people the to people listening the way Yusuf just now he's like he's rubbing his eyes like ah. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, Bristol was uh <laughs> was so fun, you guys. Well just yeah, yeah. face up. Look, it's all it's all about it's all about balance. And yeah, I was I was stressing. I was sweating. I was sweating. I have I have PTSD from putting on nights in London where because I was just doing nights by myself. It was, I didn't have a team of people. It was me going in. Promote, promoting is the worst. It's yeah. the worst. Going in financially, all me, and losing loads of money and just being like, I'm never going to do this again. And then two years later, I'll be like, oh, I fancy putting on a night. And then... And his younger sister persuades us. <laughs> and then, well, doing the night side of it was my idea, if you remember, because I sent you a, an impassioned voice note. Yeah, that's true. About why we should branch out into nights. But um, Bristol, yeah, the run up to Bristol was stress because it wasn't the advanced tickets weren't. I spoke to somebody in the in the green room and they were saying, yeah, Bristol's got a problem with buying tickets um, ahead of time. I think I think places generally the UK has taken a turn in that direction yeah. after the pandemic. People are a lot less. The appetite's not as there as it was, but just can't afford to be like they're like, yeah, they're not they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll yeah. whack down a ticket. It's like, well. See. Anyway, we like arrived and we didn't know if 10 people were going to come through the door or 200 people were going to come through the door. Luckily, it was great. We had a good time. We no, it was it was an amazing time. We had we had like an orderly room who was like is an incredible eyes. And great Instagram, yeah. Incredible memer, <laughs> I will say. Incredible <laughs> memer. Incredible memer as well like Great content, great content. Yeah, I was really excited to see Orderly Room because I knew like they, they're out there and they were memeing like, I'm going to do an opening set that is so like out of pocket. Yeah, it's going to make you want to rip your eyes out or something. Mm. Great, great content. Even though it was like, you know, pedal to the metal and like super raw, distorted, like wicked sounds, the crowd was there. You know, we weren't, we, 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 didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't just, we didn't just chuck a bunch of treats for them. Like, oh, here's some South Asian speed garage. You know, here you go. You, this is stuff, you know, it's like, no. Boom, like complete, just whatever the expression of the Orly room was. And they were already into the vibe. And I was like, this is going to be a sick night. Yeah. It was, I think it was, all, that was also good in a sense, because I know there have been, you know, I guess whenever anyone from daytimers plays or a South Asian, South Asian person plays, there's that expectation of like, oh, are they going to play like Punjabi Garage? Are they going to play some Bollywood stuff? Like, there, there have definitely, you know, there have been, there have been times and, Without, I'm just going to try and not give it away. Organizations, let's say, who expect a certain sound from South Asian people, but orderly room comes in and, uh, well, I, I don't know because I don't know all the tracks that they played, but potentially plays nothing from a South Asian person, which I think is phenomenal because it's like mm. we can when we want to, and also we don't have to. Like we should be recognized for being sick DJs and producers and artists in general. Not because we're pushing some like specific sound. Yeah, that's it. And it's like, I mean, I think like whenever we, you, us are doing stuff, we want to make sure we like just kind of have that balance of of people who are want to push in that sound and people who are like, no, I'm just South Asian as well. Yeah, no, I smashed it. You lot put a loads of effort into organizing that. There was a distinct. I I I was I was fortunate that I got to go and chat to loads of people. that was one of my favorite bits was going to chat loads of people and immediately actually i'm going to shout out these i'm going to shout out these heads um was uh uh i'm gonna to have to look up their igs now but also they just 
they came through. It was these sisters. Uh, one of them's a journalist and write, wrote the piece that you, about you, Yusuf. And uh, Priyanka. Priyanka. Priyanka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and her sister. Yeah, yeah, her sister was there. And, and they're setting up something. Desi's, Desi's organised. Oh, sorry. Des- yeah, Desi's organised. Des- organised. Des- organized. Um, I'll get the right app. But I think one of the first things they said to me was like, oh, yeah, me and my sister looked at each other. like when, And I hadn't done any accents just yet. I was just on the mic. Or maybe I had done an accent. But anyway, I hadn't done anything to tip my hat to what they said. They were like, oh, yeah, we could tell you were good you. And I was like, oh, so good set then? Like, <laughs> they were just like, oh, yeah, he's Gujarati, right? And I'm like, how did he know? But then it turned out, like, they knew, they were like, oh, you know, they knew exactly where I was from because they were from there a little bit or, like, knew the whole area. And then just having this amazing, like, you know, like, oh, my God, another person who's, like, Gujarati and, like, we have the same short and we can make jokes about starting a hello fresh but it's hello gantia and like delivering to people to the gujaratis who are based in northwest london and so they can have like that good snacks um um right we don't want to keep keep you on this call forever but i do want to ask you daytime is a little bit aside about your separate things you've got going on so you're both playing at a night next weekend kieran tell us about that for those that know me that don't know me uh aside from being a dj i'm also a bad boy producer bad boy producer <laughs> you gotta back yourself say it loud for those at the back yeah yeah you know what i love me a collab whether it's daytimers and representation a punny Perry pirate special with me and, and my boy chande basically the way actually how this happened was i make a bunch of tracks and they kind of just sit on my computer until i figure out what to do with them and me and Dorama were chatting, kind of being like, we actually have loads of tracks that we want to put out. Should we just kind of do this series? I think we came up with this idea of it would be a, it would be an edit focused series. And I think Dylan might have come up with the idea of like, it'd be for a pound, we can call it pound shop edits. And literally from there it just absolutely spiraled where we were like, right, we're doing we're doing this this like almost label called pound shop edits, where we'll sell edits for a pound and it'll be like anything goes, you know, we've got garage and jungle and like UK funky and hard drum and all this kind of stuff. The response from it has been pretty mad. It's always nice seeing people play your stuff and getting tagged. It's really, it's, it's just like a nice feeling. But yeah, it, it kind of like got way bigger than I think any of us were expecting. Because for us, it was kind of this like dumb little pound shop edits thing where we've turned ourselves into cartoons and we're just like putting things out. That went really, really well. The whole pound shop edits thing has gone really well, better than we expected. Yeah, so me and me and Dorama were like, oh, for the end of the year, why not just throw a night? Just like a very silly, but like well put together night. So 17th of December, 2022 at Bar. The, the lineup is Just Garan, who is Dorama's brother, little brother, who's playing for the first time, which is very exciting. We got Delish. We've got me back to back Dorama. And we've got Chande B2B G33. And we've got Oanio playing as well. So a pretty a pretty wham lineup that's occurring. We've called in a lot of favors. I can't lie. There's a lot of favors. There's a lot of favors being called in. We can pay you one pound. <laughs> tickets. Well, to be fair, first few tickets, first few tickets were a pound. Um, we stuck to the theme. But yeah, no, it's in like fully. It's not the way to run a night because me, me and me and me and Drama are very much losing money on it. But we were like, oh, we're gonna do it for the fun of it and just have like a really fun night with friends. So yeah, it's gonna be like an edit an edits focus night. I'm hoping all, all all the homies and stuff roll through. Uh, yeah, but it'll be sick. Um, we have some surprises in store for the night as well. Some secret, top secret, fun things going on. 
You're going to say Pani Puri? That is actually a great shout. BBC Asian Network, uh, yeah, I have to shout out because basically it's just, it was, I had the shout that I was going to do it like less than two weeks before. It was very close up to the running to do four shows that were two hours that, you know, I'd just done a talk with with, with Samir at, at The World Transformed. You know, I felt really in the bag of this history. I was really like jazzed about our music and South Asian and electronic and, and club music and I just kind of went on this big four show arc of the first show was like looking at the all this stuff has happened in the last two years and then focusing then like a mix on like who I saw as like some of the catalysts I couldn't get everyone in there but like you know all this catalyst of the last 10 years that like people don't talk about went back to kind of this you know the 90s the noughties and a bit of the 80s and rewriting this history of like no we've actually been always been doing like credible dance music and like all of this stuff could have been alongside this you know canon of what dance music is and there's like you know there's like a johnny z song in there i'm like this is this should have been playing in the hacienda like this sounds like that sort of stuff and there's a how you know there's like a 30 minute house mix because i thought you know there's been a lot of punjabi garage and a lot of uh desi jungle but not enough house music then was kind of looking at the kind of crossovers of of our cultures with other cultures and Afro South Asian and like Latin and the Caribbean diaspora of like South Asian music and chutney. And then, yeah, the final show was trying to poke to the future and these kind of very like forward thinking sounds and conceptual, like speculative South Asian sounds and non-binary and female artists uh, in, in the mix. And I'm really proud of them. I just kind of fizzled out to be able to like really have a chance to promote them. But hopefully all of you listening will have heard all of that and I will be uploading them to my SoundCloud and track lists and all this stuff. And I've got four more to do coming up next year. They were no, like genuinely they were, they were, really really good shows and like, it was the i also really like the 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 fact that each of the shows had a theme that one i think made sense and was coherent but also two that were like very clearly researched and yeah the brief the brief was very much hit on every single one of those shows so yeah i i loved them i love, I love listening to them so asian network takeover and co-founder of pound shop edits you're both super qualified to answer my next question which is it's time to cast you away to your dirty island i guess the whole daytime crew can be there with you but we need two tracks one each that you're going to be taking with you so very important song and this is how we're going to wrap up i, I was going to say it's like one of those like and this for it you know koala because you've got 15 minutes and it's like like a rainbow of, of like just a, like a whole like multiverse of, of emotion and sound and, and energy and i think i think whatever i'd be feeling at any point on this desert island i think that could definitely nourish me but i'd also want to bring like a be the parveen and some other sufi but okay so so the way i'm gonna answer this if you said that the other day timers are with us i'm gonna assume that everyone is going to be covered within them. So what I'm going to choose is probably honestly not a song that I'd listen to that much, but it's a song that holds important sentimental value for me. Um, and it's off, it's off of um, Skrillex's album, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites. So so my track is, and, I, and I'll explain why it is the track that it is. It's a track called Scatter that was on uh, the album 
And the reason why is because it had a feature from Foreign Beggars. Now, Foreign Beggars... Foreign Beggars have been, ar- been around my life, I think, since that period. They also did stuff with Noisia under I Am Legion. And I remember hearing this song for the first time and kind of just being like, who the fuck are Foreign Beggars? And, like, discovering it. And then realizing, oh, one of the frontmen is a South Asian dude. And just thinking... And just that, ap- like, literally absolutely blowing my mind. And I remember see- seeing him perform with some of the biggest electronic artists in the world and that was my first real exposure because i was i can't remember how, how old I, how old would i have been i was like 13 14 maybe and that was my first exposure to a south asian person doing electronic music and just being just being like, so blown away by that and yeah so that's probably why that was that that and the, that discovery of like foreign beggars really early on, I think for me holds quite a lot of sentimental value. So that's probably why I would pick it. Okay, so there we have it. Thanks very much once again to our very special guests, uh, your boy Kieran and Chande. Make sure if you're in London or even if you're not, head down to Barabar in Dalston slash Stoke Newington this Saturday for their Pound Shop edit. It's nice. It's a really good lineup. The music's going to be absolutely silly and great edits, edits, from edits. start to finish. <clears throat> Um, also want to shout out our sponsor Greenleaf Catering thank you very much go check them out um, and finally uh, we've got a night coming up uh, a next one in February in Bristol at Crofters Rights returning to our homeland and I, I will also be on the lineup for New Year's as well so yes yes, yes, in yes, Bristol, yes, yes you've got a few chances to come see us yeah and the only thing left for us to do is to wish you all a very merry Christmas however you might be spending it and a wonderful New Year This is us signing out for 2022. See you next year, folks.